Hello, hello, everyone. Morgan here, and thank you so much for listening to the Rogue Preparedness Podcast. Thank you for joining us again uh, today and this week, and um, I really appreciate you guys, and I just wanted to let you know that if you do like this podcast, and you do like what I'm doing at RoguePreparedness.com, or my YouTube, or wherever, um, I do have a Patreon, and for just $2 a month, you can support us there. Um, You know, that'll basically just help, you know, with more content. I offer daily content on the Patreon, plus exclusive giveaways, and exclusive content just for Patreon. And again, I post daily. So for just $2 a month, you can support uh, Rogue Preparedness in general and everything that we do. So uh, in saying that, you can always find us on social media, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and um, YouTube. (laughs) And yeah, I think that's it. So uh, just find me over on those places. Just search Rogue Preparedness and you should find me pretty much anywhere. So thank you so much for being subscribed to this podcast. I really do appreciate you. Um, okay, so this is a very timely podcast. The coronavirus right now is spreading pretty rapidly. And I have been watching it since its kind of inception in China. When I first heard about it, it was just this new mysterious infection, infection disease, right? They didn't know what it was. And so now um, they're saying... Okay, so now let me let me read this. So basically, um, this is an emergency in China, but it has not yet become a global health emergency. At the time of recording this and releasing this podcast, as of January twenty fourth, twenty twenty. China first informed the WHO of the outbreak on December 31st, and developments have been rapid in just over three weeks since then. And as of Thursday, the global case count was approaching 600 with at least 17 deaths. Okay, so let me uh, put something into perspective here. Um, The coronavirus uh, was actually part of... Uh, SARS and MERS. Okay, so let me look at this. So basically, the extremely pathogenic coronaviruses were behind SARS and MERS, um, and they're easily transmitted from human to human. SARS, which showed up in the early 2000s, infected more than 8,000 people and resulted in nearly 800 deaths. But MERS... Um, appeared in early 2010s, uh, 2010s, and infected almost 2,500 people and led to more than 850 deaths. Okay, that um, is the coronaviruses, and that's kind of what they've been behind, right? Um, I'm going to talk about how we can protect ourselves from the from the coronavirus and just you know pandemics and things like that. Talking about pandemics, um, I have a blog post on my website that talks all about pandemics, and also I also have um, a bunch of videos on my YouTube. If you just search "rope preparedness pandemic," you'll see like f- at least four videos that talk about sickness and pandemics and epidemics and stuff like that. So uh, there's lots of ways we can prepare it, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But what I really want to do first is I want to talk about um, kind of a little bit of history of pandemics and epidemics. And first, I want to um, tell the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic. An epidemic is something that's more localized, regionalized. So maybe it's in, um, you know, a few countries or something, but it's not a global 
thing. A global thing would be a pandemic. An epidemic would be more kind of regional. Um, maybe it's happening on you know one side of the world or something, or in one country, in one continent, stuff like that. So um, that would be like an epidemic, and then a pandemic would be a global catastrophe kind of thing. I'm going to talk about five of the deadliest outbreaks and pandemics in history, and then I'm going to talk about some of the epidemics that are currently happening, okay, and that have happened, right? So like I just talked about SARS and MERS, you know, they killed a bunch of people and, you know, infected a whole bunch of people. And usually when we're talking about pandemics and epidemics, you know, um, the people that are really affected are the elderly and the super young who don't have like super strong immune systems yet. Um, mainly, you know, elderly or sick people, you know, people who are sick, who can't fight off viruses, things like that. It's extremely important that people just stay indoors at this point. You know, like if you cannot handle infectious diseases or getting sick of any kind, whether it's just a little sniffles, then you need to stay inside and just avoid people altogether. Right. You know, if, if you absolutely ha if you can, you know, um, so but there actually was one case of a healthy person, like a healthy adult, dying in China just recently, uh, past day or two, that he actually died from uh, the coronavirus. Okay, so, so far in the United States, okay, so let me back up a little bit. Um, so first of all, let me talk about what a coronavirus is. The coronaviruses are the coronaviruses are large family viruses that can cause respiratory illnesses, such as the common cold. Most people get infected with coronaviruses at one point in their lives, but symptoms are typically mild to moderate. And in some cases, the viruses can cause lower respiratory tract illnesses, such as pneumonia and bronchitis. Um, so we've kind of all come into contact probably with a, with a type of coronaviruses. So these viruses are common amongst animals worldwide, okay? But only a handful of them are known to affect humans. And rarely, rarely coronaviruses can evolve and spread from animals to humans. But this is what's happening with the coronaviruses known as the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, which is the MERS that I was talking about, and the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, which is the SARS. Both of those were spread from animals to humans. Okay, so how many people have this new virus? So this new virus has actually been changing and evolving. And that is what is creating this like chaos is that it's actually changed several times. There's actually been uh, four generations seen with with this virus in China, which is what it's, it's alarming people. Okay, it's like four different kinds of these things. So there were actually two possible scenarios of how the virus is spreading. The first involved many of the cases having uh, been infected by exposure to as yet unidentified animals. Okay, so they were thinking, well, the first scenario was there was some kind of exposure from an animal. A lot of the people were speculating like bats and things like that, right? Uh, because they're showing these videos of Chinese people eating bats. And that's, you know, that's one way to get it. And then the second depicted a situation where some people were infected by animals in early December with person-to-person -person spread accounting for the bulk of the cases since. So in the beginning, 
animal, it was animal to person in the early December when it started to, you know, come around, right? And then now it's from person to person. Now it's being spread primarily just person to person, okay? Which is right, okay? As of January 24th, there are more than 830 confirmed cases and 26 deaths linked to this new coronavirus, which they're calling the 2019 NCOV virus. The virus has spread to other countries, uh, such as Thailand, Japan, Republic of Korea, and the United States. The first U.S. case was confirmed on January 24th uh, in a man in Washington state who had recently traveled to Yuan. Imagine that. Somebody traveled there, got sick, brought it over here. This is how pandemics and epidemics happen. This is how you know, viruses are spread. You get sick, you don't know that you're sick, you bring it back, and now you're spreading it, right? Um, on, on January 24th, officials confirmed a second case, a woman from Chicago who had recently traveled to the Chinese city of Yuan, right? Both cases were hospitalized, but they're both doing well, thankfully, right? And so hopefully, you know, like if we can catch these people, you know, if we're doing screenings from these places of high infections, you know, let's say, you know, oh, you traveled, you know, from China. Okay, because right now China is actually under quarantine more than, um, let's see, how many cities? There's a bunch of cities. There's a bunch of places. Um, there's a bunch of cities. I'm sorry, excuse me. There's a bunch of cities in China that are on lockdown, like they they're finally taking it seriously. When this was first announced, China was like town, trying to downplay it. Like they were just like, nah, Saints, this really isn't such a big deal. It's not that big a deal. Right. And then they were like, OK, it's a big deal. Let's quarantine your people. But people are have already traveled with it. People were already getting sick with it and traveling with it and infecting people with it. Now, I can understand if you did not know you were infected with it. However, uh, you know, these people were traveling with it as this was happening in the past few weeks. Okay, so they traveled from Yuan, which was an infected city. And, and they're just like, oh, no big deal, right? Oh, I'm not sick. I just came from this really infected place. It's like, if you know that you came from this really infected place, I would basically just go to the hospital and be like, you know what? Test me. I don't want to infect anybody else, right? <laughs> you know, uh, um, you know, have some common courtesy, like as a society, we shouldn't be just willingly and knowingly spreading this stuff. That's what blows my mind about this entire thing, that these people traveled from a city that was highly infected by this, that was ground zero for this, basically. And then and then they traveled knowingly. You know, this wasn't a secret at this point of them traveling. This was only a couple days ago, you know, and at this point, it's been three weeks in. <laughs> they know that this is infected and then they're just traveling with it. But luckily they were found. But who hasn't been found? Are they screening people good enough? Because there was this one woman on social media. Uh, she hid her symptoms. And when she traveled from China, and she was actually infected with it. And she traveled from China to France and she willingly knew she was sick, bragged about it on social media, took some medication that hid the symptoms and such so that she would just get through no problem, and then bragged about it. Ha ha, I hid my symptoms and now I'm in France. La 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 la. Dude, 
This is, that's literally how pandemics get started. It's these people who don't give an F and just want to watch the world burn. I mean, literally. So now it is up to us to take precautions, okay? I did say that I wanted to go through the history of the epidemics and pandemics, but let me actually just go through, first of all, how you can protect yourself because I want you, if anything, to take anything from this podcast, it's knowing how to protect yourself, okay? So first of all, I want you to stay away from sick people, okay? And if you are sick, immediately get help however you can, okay? Um, At this point, you know, we need to stay prepared. You know, being prepared uh, has passed. It's time to take action on our pandemic plans. You know what I'm saying? So, for instance, right now, masks are basically gone, okay? They're off shelves. You you can't even buy them online. They're out of stock online most places, okay? That now in the middle of a pandemic is not the time to prepare. Be- long before a pandemic is the time to prepare, to get those masks, to get, um, you know, hand sanitizer, to get uh, a clean room, you know, to get the supplies for a clean room, to uh, know what to do and how to avoid infectious diseases and all that stuff, right? And, and avoiding this is pretty much how you would avoid any cold or flu, okay? So you're going to wash your hands regularly. After you touch anything, especially out in public, wash your hands. And if you cannot wash your hands with soap and water, put hand sanitizer on at, at the very least, okay? But as soon as you can, wash your hands. Um, and this is especially out in public. I mean, I want you to be a washing hands fool, okay? <laughs> um, and then while you are out in public, if, you know, you are touching things, you're not washing your hands regularly and you can't have sanitizer right away or something, uh, just don't touch your face. You know, don't touch your mouth, your nose. Just keep your hands away from your face. This is especially important when it comes to eating anything. You know, if you touch, uh, you know, food and then put it in your mouth. And this is especially important with kids too, okay? Um, if you are touching things out in public and then you're touching your kid's face, you're touching your kid's hands, you're potentially infecting them. You know, you may not be infecting yourself, but you're potentially infecting them. So be really aware of what your hands are doing, okay? Um, If you, like I said, if you can't wash your hands, use hand sanitizer. And if you do feel the need, just wear a mask, like a regular N95, N95, excuse me, N95 mask (laughs) will do just fine. Um, If you can find a mask now, just get a mask, okay? And the mask should secure around your eyes and your nose and your mouth, you know, your jawline. It should really secure. I have some fantastic N95 masks that secure tightly around my nose and mouth. So it's it works out really, really well. Um, and so in saying that, um, you know, you need to secure that. And then um, secure that mask on if you think that you you need it. So if you know when do you think you need it? You feel safer with a mask on? Put a mask on. You feel safer wearing gloves around everywhere? Wear gloves around everywhere. You know who cares if other people think that you're silly for wearing a mask or silly wearing gloves? Who cares? Okay, your safety is number one. It doesn't matter what they think about you. Your safety number one. Numero uno. Okay. Um, wash hands before and after touching any food. And in this instance, because this was transmitted from 
animal to human, it's extremely important that you stay away from any sort of wild animals. Um, you know, and if you do touch any sort of livestock or anything, just make sure to wash your hands. You know, you should be washing your hands before and after touching any livestock anyway, but just, you know, be extra cautious. If you are sick, if you are sick, not stick, if you are sick, stay home and don't infect anyone else. Okay. Gosh, it's like every time I um, get home, <laughs> Gosh, you know, it's like every time, oh, when I used to work in an office, people would come in with the flu, the flu, not just a common cold, okay, but even a cold, I think you need to, you know, take a day or two, okay, but people will come in with the freaking flu, and I'm not, no mask, nothing, they would just come in sick, and I'm like, are you kidding you know, like, go home. Nobody wants you here. I don't want you here when you're sick. You're just going to infect everyone else. You know, you think that, you know, you're just, you're, you can take all the precautions in the world, but if you are sick, there is a high chance of infecting other people, even if you're taking precautions. So please, please, please stay home if you're sick, okay? Um, if you do see someone else who is sick, do not in any way physically engage with them, okay? Just, just don't even engage with them. Don't, don't pick up any of their pencils, you know, don't lick any of their straws, okay? Just, <laughs> just stay away from them, okay? And then obviously, you know, always cover your mouth when you sneeze and cough and then wash your hands immediately after you sneeze or cough or use hand sanitizer. You'd be, I mean, it's so amazing that we have to tell people these days to cover your mouth when you sneeze or cough, you know, so because I, I don't, have you guys ever seen that video of when they, when somebody sneezes and you see all of their particles just flying into the air. You need to see that slow-mo video. If you haven't seen it, go look on YouTube. Just search like slow-mo sneeze or something. And you'll see when you sneeze, these particles go flying out everywhere. And they go flying far and fast and everywhere. Okay. So your germs are spreading wildly when you sneeze and cough. So please cover your mouth or better yet, get like a handkerchief and cough into that handkerchief, put it back in your pocket. Um, you can do things like boosting your immune system with just eating extra fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, ginger, some natural stuff like that, you know, boosting your immune system. Or you could do something like taking an emergency or zip fizz or something like that. Like I've been taking some extra emergency lately and it's actually been helping me a lot. I felt like I was getting a little cold or something the other day and I've been taking some emergency every day and, and it's actually been helping a lot. It's been helping my immune system quite a bit. And, uh, the last tip is going to be to stay active. Um, being active can help boost your immune system. Uh, you know, it gets that blood flowing and it can actually help to boost your overall health and immune system. And I know like when you're sick or something, you're just like, no, no, I don't want to walk. I don't want to stay active. I don't want to hike. I don't want to do anything. I get that. I really do. But even just getting up and walking around a little bit can definitely help. I am, there have been time and time again in which I have um, uh, been, felt sick and I've gotten up and I've gone for a walk 
And I felt extremely better afterward. Like I felt a lot better. And it's just a miracle what a little bit of exercise can do. Like, you know, don't go out, you know, for a marathon or anything, but just, just get up and be active a little bit. So that's the best ways that we can prevent this right now. You know, I mean, really, I really, really wish that people who were sick or, you know, these people who are coming from China, knowing that it's ground zero there and then coming, flying here or any other countries, Japan, you know, Europe, wherever, and they're traveling, knowing that they were just in ground zero and then just going on about their lives. It's like, just because you're not sick now doesn't mean you won't be sick, right? Um, so hopefully those cases that we're seeing in Washington and in Illinois, where they've actually contained these people, hopefully that's it. I love to be optimistic people, okay? <laughs> but I'm not stupid, okay? I knew there were going to be more cases. Um, so, okay, let's go into a little bit of the history of some of the deadliest viruses, uh, not viruses, deadliest outbreaks and pandemics in history. So you all heard of the Black Death? I'm sure you have. A plague so devastating that simply saying the plague will immediately pull it to the front of your mind, will pull the Black Plague, the Black Death to the front of your mind. In the middle of the 14th century, from, four, from 1347 to 1351, okay, 1347 to, to 1351, the Black Death remade the landscape of Europe and the world. In a time when the global population was an estimated 450 million, at least 75 million are believed to have perished throughout the pandemic, with some estimates as high as 200 million people died because of the Black Death. As much as half of Europe may have died in the span of only four years. The plague's name comes from the black skin spots on the sailors who traveled the Silk Road and docked in a Sicilian port, bringing with them from their Asian voyage the devastating disease, now known to be bubonic plague. So in 1918 was the Spanish flu, approximately 90 years before the 2009 swine flu pandemic killed more than 200,000 people. Uh, reports of an especially dangerous form of influenza began to appear around the world. Kansas was the site of the first U.S. case in March 1918, appearing in multiple countries around the world. The disease spread quickly, ushered along even faster due to, due to the close living quarters of troops fighting in World War I. This first instance of an H1N1 pandemic would be dubbed the Spanish flu, you know, despite the fact that it didn't actually come from Spain. Um, it burned out quickly and suddenly by 1919 with the explanation still unknown today. So basically, it just kind of went away by 1919. It's just kind of like, okay, you're gone now. Uh, but it left the global population decimated with a mortality rate as high as one in five and an estimated one third of the world population afflicted. As many as 50 million people are believed to have died. Approximately 25 million of those deaths came in the first 25 weeks of the outbreak. So um, this website that I'm actually seeing these from is they're showing that HIV and AIDS is actually a pandemic. 
it's an outbreak. It's not really so much of a pandemic, I would say. I mean, I guess it is a pandemic. It's a pandemic and it's an outbreak. And we're still battling it today. While medicine has made great strides, making HIV in many ways a chronic condition that can be managed in many countries, the end of the pandemic still seems to be a long way away. Originating in Cameroon and first recognized as a disease in 1981, the earliest documented case is believed to be in 1959 in the Congo. As of 2011, at least 60 million people have been infected by AIDS and 25 million have died. Today, its impact varies widely across the world, while in 2008, an estimated 1.2 million Americans have HIV sub-Saharan African Sub-Saharan African alone was home to 22.9 million cases, with one in five adults infected. About 35.3 million people were believed to have HIV in 2012. Let me read that again. About 35.3 million people were believed to have HIV in 2012. Crazy. This next one is uh, the plague of Justinian. In the year 541, rats on Egyptian grain boats brought a pestilence to the Eastern Roman Empire that would ultimately leave approximately 25 million people dead. The plague of Justinian quickly tore through the empire. Even the emperor himself, Justinian I, for whom the plague was named, contracted the disease. While he, li- while he lived, many didn't, with modern scholars estimating that at one point as many as 5,000 people died per day. By the end, about 40% of the city's population was dead. So many and so quickly that bodies were left in piles, joined by about one-fourth of the eastern Mediterranean. The Antonine Plague, named for Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius Antoninus, (laughs) who ruled during the outbreak. I'm sorry, I'm really bad with names. That's why I'm laughing, not because of the plague. Uh, The outbreak began in 165 and lasted until 180. An estimated 5 million people died from what is now thought to have been smallpox. Um, At one point during the extended pandemic, an estimated 2,000 Romans died each day. So, and there's one honorable mention here is cholera. There's no one outbreak of cholera to point to that's on the level of any of the above five pandemics. However, since first spreading from Calcutta along the Genghis Delta in 1817, it has killed millions. The World Health Organization estimates that each year that passes sees between three and five million new cholera cases, killing as many as 120,000 people untreated, it can kill in a matter of hours. So those were actual pandemics. And those were pandemics that um, spread on a world basis, right? So um, when we talk about epidemics, we're talking about things like uh, SARS in Asia, which which was from 2002 and 2003. And then in Singapore, There was dengue fever in 2005, um, which resulted in 19 deaths. Oh, the SARS uh, in 2002 and 2003 resulted in 775 deaths. 
Um, and then there have been some outbreaks along the way, you know, like there's, uh, there was a cholera outbreak in 2007 in Iraq. There was a cholera that killed 10 people. There was a cholera outbreak in 2008, which killed in India that killed 49 people. And then there was a cholera outbreak in 2007 in Ethiopia, but it says it didn't uh, kill anyone as far as I'm reading here. Um, okay. So in Zimbabwe... In 2008 to 2009, there was a cholera outbreak. It killed 4,293 people. Okay. Um, now, the flu is a pandemic. Okay. The flu kills people. You may think it doesn't, but it does. And in 2009, worldwide, the flu killed 203,000 people. Okay. Just from the flu. Um. There was a Haiti cholera outbreak in 2010 to present um, in uh, Hispaniola. In na- it's killed 9,985 people as of May 2015. And measles outbreak in the De- Democratic Republic of Congo is 2011 to present and as of february 2014 4500 people have died from measles okay um oh ebola ebola is a really big one ebola in west africa has killed 11,300 people so far from 2013 to 2016 okay it's huge and you guys may think that you know like this isn't a big deal right um but uh, it is. It's a very big deal. Um, you know, Ebola. Oh, that happens in West Africa. You know, it's not going to happen here. Well, you know, there's a pneumonia outbreak of the coronavirus, right, in China happening right now. And it's starting to spread rapidly and quickly to other countries. So, yes, it can happen. And it can happen anytime for any reason from any type of epidemic, right? Any type of uh, illness, rather, I should say. Uh, you know, there's still yellow fever out there. There's still um, Ebola that's happening, especially like in the Congo and Uganda. And it's killing a whole bunch of people. So anyway, you know, pandemics and epidemics are very uh, serious. The way that I keep track of some of this stuff is I actually set up a Google alert uh, for virus, disease, illness, stuff like that. And so when there's any type of news report that's saying, oh, you know, this person had this mysterious illness, kind of like with this China thing, it came directly to my email. And um, I also get a lot of news sources, you know, things that are being retweeted and a bunch on, um, on Twitter. And I get a lot of news sources from friends on social media in general. And YouTube is also a good source. But again, I will caution that, you know, you need to do your research when it comes to the validity of claims. And also don't buy into the fear mongering. You know, I I can't tell you how many fear mongering um, articles I've heard lately of, oh, we're about to have, you know, uh, a massive pandemic that's going to kill millions and hundreds, millions of people. Look, While that may be the case, um, listen to, you know, look at our history of pandemics and epidemics, you know, know how to fight this stuff, um, know how to make a uh, clean room, know how to, you know, um, store 
the immune boosting uh, supplies, have the masks ready, have the full suits ready, have the gloves ready, have the goggles ready, okay? Because um, some diseases can be transmitted, you know, through the eyes and fluids and things like that. Um, have all these things ready. You know, this is what being prepared is about. It's about having those masks and, you know, everything available to us for our children and for um, adults and for the elderly, especially, and especially for people who are sick, uh, disabled, you know, we have to think about all these people. Again, I have resources. They're actually going to be in the description of this podcast. So you can just click the links to go read more about how to survive pandemics, or at least how to be prepared for pandemics. And, um, all that kind of good stuff. So go watch uh, my videos and a blog post on, on that kind of stuff. Thank you all so much for watching. Be prepared for this kind of stuff and always be prepared for the cold and flu. Uh, that is a wide uh, pandemic that is ongoing every single year. Thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate you. And again, if you like this content and any of the other content that I share, please consider supporting me on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash rogue preparedness and find me on social media, YouTube, and anywhere you can find me. Just search rogue preparedness uh, on any of the platforms and I should pop right up. Thank you all so much for listening. Conquer tomorrow by preparing today. Talk to y'all later. Bye.